This episode is brought to you in part by The Table Podcast from the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. I'm Daryl Bach, one of the hosts, and I invite you to join us as we discuss issues of God and culture, which includes anything and everything. Listen on your podcast app or at dts.edu slash the table. This episode is brought to you in part by Richmond Graduate University. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly. Richmond Graduate University can equip you to become a licensed professional counselor, integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmond.edu. Welcome back to Questions and Ethics with Dr. Russell Moore. I'm Dan Darling, and we're here with uh, Dr. Moore, and here to talk about the the end of Serial, the end of the season, and um, we have some guests with us. Well, Joe- Dan, you would have to know why we're doing this, uh, because of, of those who didn't listen to the Questions and Ethics broadcast last time, right. we were, uh, someone was asking, is it, somebody said his conscience kind of bothered him listening to it because he's listening to a commercial product that's made uh, about a real life murder, and is this something we ought to do? And so we we, we aired that uh, the other day, and since then, of course, the final episode has come out. Uh, just this morning, and so uh, we've we've listened to it, and uh, you and I were kind of uh, debating back and forth about uh, some things uh, today yes. in this final episode, and then of course the two guests that we have on with us uh, have been uh, bantering back and forth and debating uh, this morning <laughs> yes. on Twitter, uh, but they also have some special expertise in this particular uh, area. So why don't you introduce them? Yes, yeah, so we have with us uh, Joe Carter, who works for us at ERLC, and he writes for the Gospel Coalition and Acton Institute and a bunch, bunch of places, prolific writer and blogger. Um, and then we have Mike Cosper, who's a pastor at Sojourn Church in Louisville and author of uh, several books, his latest, uh, The Stories We Tell, talking about how the stories that we tell in the culture point us uh, to the gospel story. And so glad to have both of you here with us today. And um, I think what we want to do is maybe start with Dr. Moore, what did you think of the ending, and then maybe have some of the well, other guys? You know, uh, I think come what in. we probably ought to do uh, before we before we actually talk about this final episode is to talk about that the larger sort of question that we addressed uh, last time. I'd love to hear uh, from from Mike and Joe about whether this is a problematic thing uh, at all. Should 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 this should this sort of uh, podcast even exist? And uh, and is that a good thing or or a bad thing in terms of a, a way that Christians uh, ought to see the world? What do you think, Mike? Well, I think it's a um, you know I think journalism at its best is um, uh, is seeking to kind of keep uh, keep the public life honest. Uh, and what's interesting about this podcast and and one of the things I've been reflecting on a lot, sort of in the context of this, is there are all these questions going on right now about criminal justice anyway, in the light of the Eric Garner case and, um, and some of the other, some of the other things that are going on to Mir Rice as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to have this podcast looking at a, an entirely different situation, an entirely different cultural subcontext, um, 
and 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 nonetheless sort of asking questions about how how uh, an investigation happens how a, how a trial is conducted and and raising in many ways i think similar questions to you know is the system does the system work is it an, is it a search for truth or is it a search for uh you know a certain kind of uh, a certain kind of understanding of justice, a certain kind of, you know, in this case, the con- being the conviction. So you um, you don't feel as though it's exploiting the the murder of 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 Hay uh, for commercial benefit in a way that ought to make us feel right, right. Little. Yeah, it doesn't feel that way to me. It feels um, I feel like whenever her life comes up, whenever she has a, a, a whenever her story comes up in the thing, I feel like there's a there's a, a compassion for her, a, com- a compassion for her, for her life, for her family's privacy, which mm-hmm. I think Koenig has in many ways, has in many ways honored um, the fact that they don't want to be involved and invoked too much. And so she's really focused on uh, not so much on hay, but on what happened and what was the aftermath um, related sp- specifically to, again, the investigation and the trial. So, uh, and I think that's not only um, not only do I think it's something that's sort of passable and okay, but I think in, you know, in the way that good journalism always has is, is it's, it's an, it's an important, it's asking important questions, whether you agree with the conclusions or not. Um, it's asking important questions, uh, about our culture. And Joe, I, t- I take it you do not agree with that. No, absolutely not. Cause I think, uh, well, first of all, I don't think it's journalism. I think it's more of an entertainment. I think the, uh, the bigger problem is this undermines our confidence in our system and we're, we're, Getting people to think, well, if I, you know, they're taking disjointed facts, taking in a bias, a, a very biased presentation, and they can draw their own conclusion about what really happened. And they, and that puts the the audience in the position of knowing more than a jury who sat there for months and listened to all the facts, uh, try the case. Now, if this was just serial, it probably would be, oh, no big deal. This is just an entertainment thing. But we're seeing this across the country with issues like in Garner and in New York and the Ferguson case in Missouri where people just hear a couple of facts, automatically form an opinion, and then they will stick with that narrative no matter what because they think they know more than people who actually heard all the facts. And I think w- once we do that, we're really, we're really setting our system up for failure, for the criminal justice system for failure, because it's going to get to the point where nothing can ever be proven. When I was still in the Marines, I was, uh, went to grad school for a little while taking forensic science classes. And um, the, the instructors hated the, the TV show CSI because it was ruining the jury system, because people thought, well, if you had, if the guy was guilty, you'd be able to have all this forensic evidence. And that's just not the case. I mean, we're setting up unrealistic expectations for how the, how the system can actually work. Okay. All right. Uh, so we, we have a range of views. I gave my, my view the other day about uh, whether or not I think it's ethical for us to listen to it. I think it is. Um, and I think it's, a, I think it's a, worthy, a worthy project. But when it comes to this final episode, I'm curious to know uh, what everyone thinks. Um, I think there are some people probably listening to it. I'm going to go ahead and say, it's spoiler alert, so if you haven't listened to it and you want to, you, you, you don't want to listen to the rest of uh, this podcast because we're going to be talking about what, what happens. But I think probably some people who are disappointed because they expected that it would end with, aha, here's the smoking gun. That Adnan is the is the killer, or here's the here's the smoking gun. We've identified the the real killer, and Adnan is free. I mean, obviously, I knew that wasn't going to happen because Adnan Saeed is in jail. I mean, it would it would it would probably be easier to pull that off in a pre-internet uh, era era than it is right now. Someone can just uh, listen to this and Google, uh, "Hey, what's up with Adnan Saeed right now?" and, and find out he's he's not 
uh, released from prison. But I think that it wrapped up about as well as it could have in terms of uh, coming in and, and kind of giving sort of where she stands on things. And I think I am probably pretty close to where she is in the sense that I think he's guilty. That's my gut intuition. I think he's I think he's guilty, and I think the preponderance of the evidence suggests that he's guilty. If all I had in the jury room are the facts that we have had on serial, I would probably not be able to vote to, to convict. But I'm I'm confident that the jury had had stuff that we don't have. So I'm not second guessing the jury here. I'm just saying I do think he's guilty, but. I do think there are holes in the investigation as we've been presented it, and I think there are problems uh, with it. Dan Darling here thinks that Adnan Saeed is as pure as the driven snow, <laughs> could not possibly have done uh, anything along those lines. Uh, and what did, what did you think, Dan? That's Actually, that's not quite what I think. I mean, I think – I mean, going into this episode, I felt like – I felt like there's a chance Adnan is innocent – I thought the state has a very very flimsy case, at least what we're what we're seeing or hearing on serial. This episode um, challenged that thinking a little bit, only because of the introduction of this Josh guy who said that Jay was scared, um, and you know it's just another person that was with Jay that kind of corroborates some of Let some me of stop that. you right there, Dan, just to ask Mike and Joe, does Jay being scared matter to, to the two of you at all? Is that a big deal in this narrative? I think it's interesting. I think, um, I think, it, is, I think it is interesting, and I, I, it definitely, um, the introduction of that character, I, I agree with Dan, the introduction of that character was, was very, uh, definitely had an impact on, on my thinking about the case. I won't jump into that too quickly here, but I do think it's significant, yeah. Okay, all right. Okay. I mean, I mean, one of the well, things... Think, uh, yeah, go ahead, Joe. Well, we got to keep in mind that Jay didn't come forward until Mr. S was seen as a suspect. Mm-hmm. And Jay came forward to kind of clear that guy, so he said, I, you know, I don't want this innocent guy to go to jail. Mm-hmm. So I think, adding to the fact that that's the reason Jay came forward, he was... I think that gives him a little more credibility that he was probably scared before, but he, he knew it, he didn't want to go to... An innocent guy to go to jail, so he stepped forward and did the right thing, and testified against Adnan. I, I mean, the thing, the thing that w- is hard to refute, even though I think there's a chance Adnan could be innocent, is that if Adnan is innocent, he had a really unlucky day. I mean, with all these things, <laughs> circumstantial <laughs> evidence. Um, on the flip side, I mean, you, you have the introduction of this possible serial killer. I don't know if that's a false flag. There are some things that line up there. Um, you know, the Reddit community has pulled up some other information that, you know, where that park was was kind of in the path of where the serial killer was when he got out of jail. I mean, um, I, I just uh, – the thing that really bothered me is the sense of like um, that we just – you know, hearing from the detective initially, of course, this time he said that there's a lot of holes in the case, but that detectives technically try to find what they think is the, you know, the narrative and then try to fill that instead right. of – trying to look for the truth. And I, I'm just uncomfortable with – the goal is not necessarily to put someone in jail. The goal is to find the truth. See, we keep coming back to that. I, that does not bother me because I, I, I just didn't hear that the way that you did. 
Um, I didn't hear that as we don't care what the truth is. We just want to get our narrative and 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 have it. It 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 seems to me as though what they were saying is the same sort of thing as someone who's saying, I'm I'm organizing a a, a sermon here, and then I'm kind of uh, correcting that as I go along as I'm studying that. Not here's my outline. I don't care what the Bible says. I mean, I, that that was the way I. So I think you and I are hearing that completely, yeah, uh, completely differently. Uh, Mike, what do you, you think? Know, I was going to say, um, uh, regarding that point, I think that's a significant point for me too. Um, and I, I couldn't help as I was, as I was listening to the show, especially in these later episodes, I, uh, when they brought in Jim Trainum, the uh, detective, I just kept thinking about um, the, the TV show The Wire. And uh, if you haven't seen The Wire, there's there's a lot that goes on in The Wire in, in along these lines where the priority on the homicide department is. Uh, is not to get to the truth, but to close cases. You know, get the numbers right, uh, close cases as quickly as possible, move them from red to black. Um, and and the real heart of sort of the conflict on the wire uh, lies on that point where McNulty is this detective and he's got this, you know, he's, he's obviously a very flawed character, but he's got this drive for the truth. He wants to get to the truth. He wants to He wants to get the real bad guys. He wants to do all this. But he's under pressure from his superiors who have all this political pressure on them uh, their job is to um, uh, their job is to, to close cases as quickly as possible. And one of the things David Simon, who who wrote the series and developed the series, he was an investigative journalist for many years before all of this. And and one of the things he's talked a lot about is that as he did investigative journalism with uh, in Baltimore and and you know long term work with the homicide department, he he was trying to pull out. And the reason he put it in the series is this is a real problem. Um, this drives. This drives the justice system in ways that that oftentimes we're unaware of it, and it just sort of introduces for me it just introduces a level of doubt about well why is Jay saying the things he's saying? Why does his testimony change over time? Why are there you know these multiple interviews where there's hours before the the, the tape comes on and all of this it just it just to me it just introduces the question of what's going on in those interviews and conversations um, and one other thing I'll just toss out there that, that, again, comes from the Reddit community and not from the show is that one of these detectives that was uh, a part of the case was, uh, was later, uh, later had to resign after, it was, after someone was exonerated for a coerced confession. So, I, you know, again, it's just it, – to me, it just introduces doubt, not necessarily, oh, Adnan's innocent, mm-hmm. but it just introduces a, a significant, significant amount of doubt. And I, uh, I think this is where Joe and I have the greatest level of conflict on this is I think that it's crucial in a, in, in a democracy um, for there to be accountability from the public and, and accountability from the press on – you know how does the how is the justice system working? Is it fair? Is it biased? Is it a quest for truth, or are we trying to you know uh, as as David Simon does in the Wire? Are are we about are we about getting the numbers right, getting our numbers up, and keeping the politicians happy, uh, et cetera, et cetera? I agree with you, Mike, in some sense, and then I also hear what Joe's saying, and I think this has colored my own view of serial in that. We live in an age of CSI where we're watching these cop shows where they always find that fiber. They always find that right. that thing that makes the case so easy to see a, a kind of open and shut case. And that's not really reality with a lot of these. And yet so you kind of have that tension between, between the two things where if you're going to convict a man, you really need to have solid evidence because this is a man's life. And it's on the, on the other hand, there's never a case that – Everything is just so easily lined up. So I'm guessing, Joe, that's kind of your fear about 
about this this sort of thing. But it seems to me that Joe says more than that because uh, did, didn't you say, Joe, that if if all that you had was uh, the evidence that that we have been presented with on this podcast, you would still vote to convict. Is that right, or am oh, I mischaracterizing? I, I mean, there's there's six or seven key points. Now, if you actually look at him, he said, okay, let's start with this one. What's the probability that he's guilty or innocent based on this? Now, let's add this next one. And kind of go through what, what uh, kind of a Bayesian inference. It's almost impossible to say, okay, well, it's just a wild coincidence that all this stuff happened. It's kind of like, you know, when we look at the um, uh, creation evolution debate. What's the, what's the possibility, the probability that all life could have sprung up from nothing and happened? I mean, when you, you have to look at things probabilistically. Nobody knows exactly, and the police don't know exactly what happened. And I think when we talk about narrative, what they're talking about is let's look at all the evidence and put it in a coherent explanation. That's the narrative. It's not let's you know find a uh, – they're looking at a fact pattern and creating a narrative out of that fact pattern. They're not creating a narrative and then looking for facts. And I think that's what a lot of the, the listeners do. They have their own narrative in their mind of what happened, and then they look for facts that back up their – whether he's guilty or he's innocent, rather than looking at the facts first and saying – what does this really tell us probabilistically? I think a good uh, a good way to close on this would would be to say, kind of return to a question we we talked about in the last podcast is kind of big picture. What does this, our fascination with this, and even crime shows and shows like The Wire, tell us about our our longing for justice in the world? And maybe Mike, you could start. Uh, that's kind of a, a big theme of your book, the stories we tell. Yeah, I, I think it. You know, there's there's the the simple reality that uh, you know when when uh, when Cain kills Abel, uh, Abel's blood speaks from the ground, and uh, I think in this case, you know, Haman Lee's blood speaks. You know, there's a there's this desire for justice, and when you introduce this when you introduce this question of what if we got the wrong guy, I think I think we're compelled on on two fronts. One is the injustice of a man potentially sitting behind bars who's innocent. Um, and again, I'm not saying that a non's innocent. I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily have a real strong opinion one way or the other on that, but in terms of what compels us, I think that's, that's a factor. And I think the other thing that, that then compels us is, well, if this guy didn't do it, who did like, mm-hmm. and, and how is this, you know, this, this poor girl has not her, her family, they haven't received justice. Her blood is speaking. And, uh, it's, it really moves me, you know, emotionally just to think about to think about that factor in, in particular. Joe, what about you? I think it's uh, I think Mike's right to a point. I think it shows that we like justice in stories because the same people who listen to serial podcasts will, will do everything they can to get out of actual jury duty, where they would actually <laughs> go and listen to an actual trial in of a of a murder. So I think we like justice in stories, and we like stories that kind of wrap up. And I think that's what people wanted out of this. So I think there's a, a justice element, but I think. Mostly we want kind of a counterintuitive. We want to be able to play detective and find the clue that, that exonerated the innocent guy and got him out of jail, rather than looking doing the hard work of actually what justice requires. Yeah, and I think uh, I think also what we see here is the is the the deep notion of sin that a nice personable guy uh, could commit murder. I mean, I, I think probably the. Yep. The most key part of the entire uh, podcast uh, series for me is when Adnan talking to uh, talking to Sarah Koenig says it drives him crazy when people say you could never do this uh, because you're a, a nice guy. I think that's exactly that's exactly right. And so I think that having people listening every week to a character who does become very sympathetic, I think Joe 
accused on Twitter, uh, maybe Sarah Koenig, of having a crush on him. And Mike thought that was uh, sexist. Uh, we'll, we'll just leave that to the uh, listeners to, uh, to, to judge. A mutual friend of all of ours, uh, Justin Taylor, uh, just emailed me right now and said, uh, I think that Sarah Koenig will profile Joe Carter for season two of Serial, and I guarantee she will not have a crush on him or be charmed in any way. So, uh, that's, uh, that's good. <laughs> the, you know, but, but I think that it is true that uh, Adnan Saeed is a, sympath- a very sympathetic figure. And so, uh, just just based on what we what we have uh, available in the conversations, and having the the moment of thinking, could someone like that do this? And by contrast, could um, a justice system uh, mess up and put an innocent guy in jail? I think those are very worthwhile questions to have. Well, this has been a fascinating discussion, and uh, this is something that I've obviously captured the the, the cultural attention and. Uh, glad to have uh, both Joe Carter and uh, Mike Hosper here with us on this special edition of Questions and Ethics. We invite you to continue to listen to Questions and Ethics. You can get in iTunes or go to urlc.com or russellmore.com. If you have any questions for us, for Dr. Moore, uh, just email us at questions at erlc.com. And until next time, uh, this is Questions and Ethics. This episode was brought to you in part by Wheaton College's M.A. in Humanitarian and Disaster Leadership, which prepares Christian professionals to serve others faithfully and excellently. Called to help people facing disasters, human trafficking, poverty, or displacement as refugees? Visit wheaton.edu hdl.